challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And every week or so we come together simply to remind ourselves to say yes to spirit in every way in our lives. And I don't know about you, but for me... There have been a lot of opportunities this last week where it was would have been easy to forget that I have a commitment to say yes to spirit. And it's so easy for that to happen, isn't it? With all the things that go on in our individual lives, all the deadlines, all the meetings, all the things that challenge us sometimes just living life every day. And then on top of that, you add what's going on in the news and in the world, and it can be really challenging sometimes to say yes to spirit. But Leslie and I come together every week to not only remind you to say yes to spirit, but to also remind ourselves and give give ourselves an opportunity to recommit to really what is a spiritual practice of saying yes. To re-remember. Yes, to re-remember. Every time I see Tracy Brown's face on Saturday morning, I re-remember <laughs> all of what spirit is. It's really interesting. I mean, I think it's a touchstone. We've talked about that before. The music, the theme music, the the time. It's interesting. We played with different times and uh, the, the the experience of having a set time. I've been less settled, if you can imagine that, with a different time. Knowing me as you do, you would know that, you know, I like the routine of having the exact same time. And the exact same thing. The exact same place. And the exact same order. the exact same way. <laughs> I feel much safer. But uh, but it is, it's, it's, it's a touchstone. And I think it's so important to have that sort of um, safe weekly experience over and over again. It's a, it's a ritual. Or daily experience. Don't they call that a ritual? Yeah, I read somewhere. So yes, and it reminds reminds me of what is what is the thing that I really do want to have as most important in my life, and it's looking for spirit, saying yes to spirit, and being spirit, being reminded that I am spirit, expressing as spirit. Exactly right, expressing as spirit. Yeah, and so well, speaking of rituals, our theme for today is spring. And when we think about the cycle of life and the cycle of the four seasons, that's a ritual we expect. We we don't expect. We know that spring is going to follow winter. Mm-hmm. And we know, especially in Texas, that summer is going to follow spring. <laughs> and we don't question it. We know it's going to show up, that cycle. So today we'll be talking about spring and uh, what that has to do with saying yes to spirit or what saying yes to spirit has to do with spring. Uh, But before we do that, (laughs) last week we talked about angels. We did. And uh, the idea of connecting the dots is another one of Leslie's touchstones, things that we do each week that make Leslie feel safe. No matter what. (laughs) And... um, the connection, let me think, between angels and spring. Angels and spring. Yeah, and the other thing while she's thinking, mm-hmm. the other thing about connected dots is like we don't prepare it in advance. Oh, no. <laughs> God forbid anything's prepared in advance. That would not be the spontaneous nature of spirit. You know, I think in a way perhaps angels, in, you know, the... the uh, the experience that we talked about last week of how angels come to us or through us or, you know, in response to what we need. Yeah. Um, spring, in a way, is, I think, I was thinking about this this week, um, like you're saying, spring is a guarantee. It's, it, it comes and it's a reminder to me of new beginnings. And in a strange way, 
if I'm more in touch I am with the angel idea and the belief I have in angels, you know, they can become more a part of my remembering or my reconnection to spirit and the availability that, that there is of, you know, the, the interest. Oh, there you go. There's another whole topic. But the idea that there's, you know, there's things on my side. There's there's forces at work for my good. And the idea of spring, I think, is a reminder that, you know, everything comes out of winter. It comes alive again. And the angels kind of are a reminder that things are, are working for my good. There's my connected dots. It's very weak. If this is the first time you've listened, understand that usually it's much deeper than that. But I just don't think there's a clear connected dots. But I feel better having tried. Okay, okay, so today our theme is spring, and after this quick break, we'll be back talking about spring. I think of rebirth, obviously. 
Well, and in the northeast of in the U.S., um, in the east and the northeast, they had what was being called unseasonably warm weather. Mm, yes. To remind them that you know it's spring. I know our our friend uh, who lives in D.C. was talking about how the cherry blossoms mm-hmm. were almost a month early because it's been, you know, so warm so early. Mm-hmm. And um, and here in Texas, we had four to six inches of rain, mm-hmm. which really was the rain we normally start getting in mid-April. April, right. And, um, and so it was about three or four weeks early, although we're still in tornado season, mm-hmm. which is just starting. Um, so we should expect that we'll get a lot more rain. But yeah, lots of things. Just, it's spring, y'all. Come on. Wake up. Uh, shift your perspective. I like the, mm. you know, the dictionary definition of spring just as a verb. is to move upward or forward in a single quick motion or a series of motions. Mm. To move suddenly, to appear or come into being, to issue or emerge suddenly, to extend or curve upward as an arch, to arise from a source. And especially the the first few that talked about suddenly or quickly, emerging mm. suddenly, even though we know spring as a season is coming. It does what what you said. Mm-hmm. You looked at that bush and it was like I'm Boom. surprised. Mm-hmm. Like where? How did that happen? When did that happen? It's so beautiful and mm-hmm. you know. And it's that sense of from nothing or from something you didn't expect. This beauty, this new birth, mm-hmm. this um, new beginning is there for you. And so it's the feeling tone of it. Yes. As much as the physical noticing of it. I love that, the feeling tone. And another definition said the season that follows winter. Because <laughs> they those were, <laughs> were the definitions as spring as a verb. As a verb. I love that. See, I never really, thinking about spring, I had not even really thought of those kinds of things, springing forward, springing up. And I like that. And and as a noun, spring is the season of growth. Season of growth. That's that noun. There's season also the, the spring that's the metal device that, you know, like a bed spring. Oh, very tricky. Hadn't thought of that. See there? Yeah. See but there? spring, the season of growth. Season of growth. You know, we always ask the question, um, how can we say yes to spirit in relationship to the topic? But it occurs to me that this topic is kind of like spirit saying yes to us. Ooh. I like that idea. <laughs> how yeah. how okay. does spirit say yes to us? And you know, through this expression of rebirth, of re-awakening, uh, of springing up. Of resurrection. Of resurrection. Oh, there's a whole other thing, right? Easter. Mm. The celebration of Easter is all about the resurrection, mm. the returning to life. Mm-hmm. So all of that would be ways I'm thinking spirit says yes to me. <clears throat> well, spirit says yes to you all the time, but <laughs> but if it feels good, go with it. It's exactly right. Spirit says yes to my innermost beliefs and thoughts and feelings, but it's interesting, the idea of spirit saying yes in terms of a whole season as a, as a reminder. Now, I have not thought about the Easter season, actually, now that you say that. That, that does always come along with spring, doesn't it? Absolutely, because spring and the spring equinox and, you know, all of that is... Um, is a part of what happens, especially from a perception perspective of what are some of these religious rituals during spring. And Easter is all about resurrection. So Easter being time to...
be around the same time as the spring equinox, you know, like Christmas being placed at around the time of the winter equinox. Now, are you going to tell me, me yeah. being raised as a Methodist, or you, you, you're about to spoil some big thing in my mind that believes that Jesus did die on this particular date? You're saying he did not? I did I'm learn a few years that ago that Jesus was not born December 25th, which is very devastating to the Methodist in me. So now are you going to devastate me even further and say that he didn't die at this time that we celebrate? That sounds wrong. Can we talk about his death? So the answer to that is yes, and oh, the answer oh, is oh, that so like everything else, it was placed <sighs> during a time where there was already a celebration, but it fits. <laughs> The resurrection of life, that death is not death, that winter is not the end, mm-hmm. that spring, the days begin to be longer again, and so we spring forth with new life. I mean, it's a perfect analogy. When was Jesus actually crucified? We do you do you think we do believe that it actually happened, don't you? <laughs> do you believe it is a historic fact that it happened at some point, didn't it? Did it happen in the winter? When did it happen? Do you know? years from now, 
you know, what if some of those dates changed again? I mean, it's in some ways a little arbitrary. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little arbitrary. Yeah. So now can we get back to the topic? <laughs> that in spring, spring uh-huh. is this season of change. Season, spring is this season of resurrection, re- resurrecting life. So, you know, Lent, the season of Lent in Christian practice uh, of cleansing yourself and removing anything that is an obstacle to your connection with God makes sense because you're moving toward the end of winter, right? You're going within, you're going within, you're going deeper and deeper within to emerge into spring with a new life. And that's what Easter is, that Christ died, that Jesus died physically, and three days later he's alive. Wait, how can that happen? And that's a, a real metaphor for just the ongoing, you know, Probably in the last two weeks, I've had the you know the crucifixion resurrection experience about seventeen times <laughs> in my mind, in my experiences, in my feelings, and I think it's really it's a curious, uh, it's such a significant another kind of way that spirit says yes to me by making you know giving me stories, giving me um, uh, giving me the reassurance of external. Things to say, you know. Yes, Leslie, this is this is completely normal. This is completely part of the human experience, and you know, it's all all good at the end. You know, that resurrected moment. I can remember growing up. My sister always wanted to go to sunrise Easter services, and um, so I would drive her to them. And I was really not a morning person when I was in my uh, mid twenties, early thirties. And so I never saw a sunrise, never saw a sunrise. And I can remember every year just being in awe. It was so interesting to watch that moment of, you know, going from that, you know, sort of light to boom, there's the sun. And then it just really did light up that sky on some some of the more clear days, you know. And um, and I can still, 20 years later, remember that experience of, whew, and I do think that is a real powerful way of, of spirit saying yes to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the conversation about <clears throat> the meaning is not the meaning is not limited simply to Christianity. And I don't know that I really until recently understood how much, how many different practices and cultures really have kind of the same message. Mm. So um, in Christianity, the spring equinox, well, in Christianity you have Easter. But you also have this idea of the spring, spring equinox being the time where there is that discussion of passion, crucifixion, and then resurrection. So passion and commitment mm-hmm. to your spiritual beliefs, to your spiritual foundation, which is wind, and then um, the crucifixion and resurrection. But when I was uh, perusing the Internet, I found several different sites that kind of captured this same connection in other places. So in ancient Egypt, it's the time of the resurrection of the ancient god Osiris. Mm. And in Mesoamerica, in the Indian cultures and the um, native cultures, the resurrection of the maize god Hanapu is in the same time period. And the great sphinx Mm. in um, Egypt is is actually the symbol of resurrection. And the... Um, you know, on the sphinx, it has that, that eye thing. Yes. So that eye thing. That eye thing. Yes, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking um, about. It gazes precisely at the rising of the spring equinox sun. Oh, cool. So 
So where the sun rises on the spring equinox, that's the where it's directed to. In Cambodia, there's a temple that also aligns to the spring equinox, and um, it depicts the scene of the churning of the milk, which is the struggle between the forces of light and darkness. Oh, that's fun. And um, Chichen Itza in Mexico, it's uh, it's also a, um, I went there when I was in high school. It was amazing. It's also like, like um, the pyramid. It's a pyramid. Oh, uh-huh. It's not as big as the pyramid in Egypt, but it's a pyramid. And it has a feathered serpent, and it ascends the nine terraces of the pyramid on the spring equinox. I mean, that's what the symbolism is of it. So this this whole idea of spring being a time that is, um, you know, the passing from darkness into lightness, from death into birth, from hibernation into life into reawakening is, you know, again, almost as close to a universal symbol or or process as you're going to get. And that's so interesting to me that every culture has created something that points their people towards the idea of Realigning, rebirth, reconnecting, awakening, um, you know, shake off the cold, dark winter and come alive again. And it's really, and I'm so curious, what is that within us that needs that reminder, that needs that culturally, you know, needs that um, sense of, celebration to get our attention, that sense of uh, ritual to remind us, you know, how is the design of the cycle of, you know, the seasons so embedded within us that, you know, I, I um, two of my favorite people, Oprah Winfrey and Reverend Petra both say, you know, you can learn from joy just as easily as you can learn from pain, and so there, there but there seems to be this underlying cycle of cultural reinforcement that there's, you know, got to be this, you know, winter to spring to summer to fall, you know, metaphorically within my life, within each experience, with each relationship, with each everything. But what hits me is that, you know, while we, humankind, create the celebration or the recognition Mm -hmm. of it, we didn't create it. So we didn't create the seasons that change. Mm-hmm. But as we live in the seasons that change and notice the cycle, when you when I think about ancient times mm-hmm. where they didn't have CNN to, or Madam <laughs> Google or Wikipedia to tell them what was going on, uh-huh. you know, how do you pass on to your son or your grandson that you must plant crops now, we've learned that we must hunt now and store and find, you know, we have found ways to cure the meat so that we have food then, the dark six months. Right. right, and that, and you know, it's scary when it's dark for four months, you know, or it gets dark so early, but there is spring coming. So how do you pass that on? Mm-hmm generation to generation, here's what we've learned about surviving and or thriving. And so it would be natural to mark that, yes, you know, in the fall, it's starting to get, you know, we can celebrate the harvest of all that we've we've, um, grown, and it's starting to get cold but that's not a bad thing. And then, yes, it's getting really dark. The days are shorter. The nights are longer. Solstice, winter solstice. But we know the light will return. In fact, on winter solstice, right now, the days, even though it may not seem it seem like it, are start, the light's starting to get bigger. Yes, I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, it's the solstice is winter solstice is the you know that that time where the shift is coming, and then start preparing for spring. And, you know, so it's almost like in ancient times there had to be some way to celebrate, to teach, to, to pass teach. on. I can see that. I can see so that, that in ancient times. Yes. You know, <laughs> and right. well, and then it's the tradition because <laughs> then every generation right. continues that in what we now call a celebration, but in in ancient, ancient times, it was an honoring of the gods. It was an honoring of the gods that provided sun, that provided plants, food, that provided. And see, I like that concept in a strange way, that honoring seems to be in, in how... I think I want to experience this this human experience of, of honoring versus needing to be reminded every twelve minutes. I mean, you know, it's really all about me and my you know difficulties. So the idea of you know this needing to be reminded it seems kind of like we should be graduating into honoring. Ah. ah, well, see, that's interesting because you know when I stopped celebrating, even though we're talking about spring, it seems we keep going back to kind of winter. And um, when I stopped celebrating Christmas twenty-eight years ago, however long ago it was, my part of my thing around that was if we say we celebrate Christmas because we are celebrating the birth of Jesus the Christ, then, uh, you know, I don't see how all of the cultural, most of the cultural things we do have anything to do with honoring, quote, unquote, him with a capital H. Right. So I my commitment was to live the spirit of Christ, mm-hmm. the Christ consciousness, to live the spirit of Christ all year round. And that would be the best way for me to honor Christ, uh, honor Jesus as the Christ. And so I that really, and that's so why I was in my 20s, and that really shifted me, I think, around all the quote-unquote holy days or holidays to ask that question, how do I honor? Honor, yes, I like that. How do I honor in my life right. what this represents? Right. Or who this is representing. And that did shift the way I look at every holiday. And not just the religious holidays, really. You know, when it's, you know. The Super Bowl? Well, that's not a holiday. <laughs> but, you know, when it's Veterans Day, <laughs> when it's Memorial Day, uh-huh. I right. don't. My first thought is not. Fourth of July. My first thought is not let's go, you know, have a barbecue. You know, my first thought really becomes what might have been the intention, you know, in terms of Independence Day. What does that mean? And I almost almost every year will go back and read the Declaration of Independence and really read it as uh-huh. if I've never read it before and think about what does that mean and how do I honor that in my own life. And so if we were honoring, if I was honoring spring, I was honoring spring, you know, I think I honored that bush. <laughs> yes. I spend a lot of time, you know, in, in contemplation around that bush. I sat and I looked at the flowers and I looked at the bush and I was, you know, I smelled the flowers and I really took the moment to say, you know, thank you. Thank you, Spirit, for being the ever-present teacher to me. In this, you know, this repetitive, ongoing, terribly difficult human experience. <laughs> you have a really rough week, huh? I know. It's okay. And so, uh, feeling like, you know, it's going to be okay, and that I needed that remedial reminder. And then within moments, I'm just mad that I needed that remedial reminder. I think you're just choosing... Supposed to be smarter than that. But choosing irritation. But honoring... (laughs) Choosing irritation. But honoring that plan and the simpleness of it. You know, it's just right there. And it's so funny, too, because 
I know it had turned green. I know the leaves have been on it for several yeah, weeks. Yeah, but that's not the same. So those flowers thing. the flowers wow. pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not much, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not one at all to do gardening myself. Mm-hmm. No interest. <laughs> no, no. No. That's just not, not who I am. And I think partially because I understand the cycle of it and appreciate that so much, you know, when people are sharing with me, you know, their gardening stories or speaking of Reverend Petra. I mean, yesterday on Facebook she posted, um, yesterday or today, I think it was yesterday, um, she posted, you know, all of these things that she had planted, like from herbs to cabbage to, you know, from herbs to to vegetables to flowers. She posted all these things that she had planted like just a week ago, but then we've had all this rain, right? We've had warm weather Mm -hmm. and rain and how everything but a couple things were, everything but the carrots were sprouting already like a week later, ten days, you know, seven or ten days later. And... You know, I was like, ooh, that's so cool. Because (laughs) of spring, you know, that reminder that we plant the seed and the seed has everything it needs in it to grow and come out from under the earth as its own unique, beautiful, fabulous, nutritious, or beautiful self, right? just like each one of us, and that this is the season that that unleashes and explodes in bright colors and, you know, almost like in technicolor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, that is really, really cool. And, yeah, I think the question of saying yes to spirit is how am I saying yes to that in my life? How am I saying yes to spring blooming forth as me, what am I doing this year? Now, if if you celebrated or practiced Lent and you're, you know, moving up to a week or ten days from now, yeah, next week would be Palm Sunday the following, so two two weeks where you are fully into the, you know, the resurrection. The Holy Week. And then, you know, it's like, wow, if you're Jewish and, you know, leading up to the Seder dinner and to, this again, the celebration of this rebirth, this resurrection, this stepping into spring, how am I doing that in my own life? What seed did I plant? How have I watered it? What ground did I put it in? How have I watered it? And what's it going to look like in the next few weeks? And you know what's interesting, keeping that watering metaphor going in terms of, you know, the downpour here causing all of those to sprout more quickly, you know, my spiritual practices is my watering. It is. And how often am I doing my spiritual practice and how consistently am I doing my spiritual practice and how quickly can I get my seed to start to sprout. And, you know, I think... um, it's really fascinating because the seed can stay a seed a long, long time. And, and some seeds are meant to do that. Oh, darn it. Do you think I have a long seeding seed? No, no, no. no. Some <laughs> seeds are meant to do that, and some seeds are meant to pop out in a week with the right seed. conditions, right? I want a poppy seed life. <laughs> poppy seed. Poppy you know, seed. They're, they're deeper, they're seeds, you know, when you think about you plant something and it doesn't doesn't come up. It takes months, mm-hmm. you know, for it to develop to the point where you can dig it up and then, and then there are others that you plant them once. The, the perennials you plant them once, and every year they flower. You know that tulip looks like it's gone, and then every spring there it is, and it's a, it's it's always alive, but it's you know, alive in terms of flowering for a few weeks, and then it, quote, unquote, dies. So I think we do that with our lives as well. There are seeds you plant for your career, 
that may be perennial. Every year you look up and you've grown more or it shows up a different way. And there are seeds that you plant. I get good parking spaces that pop, (laughs) you know, you water that and you believe that and three days later you notice, I'm getting really good parking spaces. I mean, you know. Right. So I think it's not that some things are harder, but some things have just a, a kind of a longer life or a different Cycle. And see, now I'm thinking the metaphor of my whole life as one seed, and now I see a metaphor as my whole life as a garden of varying seeds and colors and dishes. Now, isn't that I like that better. That is, I think, very appropriate. Yeah. A garden full of all different kinds of seeds and plants and flowers and vegetables and trees. At different stages of their unveiling and expressions. Leslie, you are the Dallas Arboretum. (laughs) I am the Dallas Arboretum. I love the Dallas Arboretum. You know, it truly is. um, It is so. uh, Such a simple metaphor for the creation process: that planting and the seed and the flowering. But being reminded of the watering and the, the 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 things that I can do to tend my garden is the things that keeps me, um, you know, in line with all of my seeds blooming at their highest rate. Because I do think there's a lot of to be said for my actions creating the time frame of the expression of my plants. Um, I do some work at the Dallas County Women's Jail that we talk about every now and again. And one of the things that I had the women do, there's 64 women that live together on this particular area of the jail. And they're all working in this program together. And uh, Wednesday morning I had them all write down the thing that they do to reconnect to their program or reconnect to their sobriety or their spiritual program or their commitment to being healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. And uh, I got 59 answers, and I got 58 different responses. One, two people said, let go and let God. But the rest were all very different in terms of what they do. And they're all in jail, so they have very little control over what they can do. But they had such, you know, go find someone positive and tell them to remind me of how wonderful I am was one of them. Nice. And another one was, um, you know, go and read my journal and then pick up the Bible and read a verse that I pick out randomly. Nice. So they all had actions that they knew to take that could get them realigned with the truth of who they are. And, again, I come back to the fact that they're in jail. And so, you know, there's always choice. We're always at choice regardless of what our circumstance is, we're at choice in what our experience is. And what our interpretation is Mm -hmm. of what's going on, that, you know, four people can be in the same room experiencing the same physical environment. Right. Being exposed to the same words or actions of others, and there can be four completely different interpretations of what yes. just happened. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's really interesting to listen because I, I walk back and forth. If you want to hear interesting conversations as well, walk back and forth through the jail parking lot every day during the week. And I noticed this week I started just listening to people on their cell phones, uh, and it is a victim parking lot. Uh, <laughs> There's so you. And then he did this, and then they did this, and you know it wasn't and my fault. And then, you know it was really, I was really for three days in a row. I just decided to do that to kind of you know buddy up against somebody standing for the red light to change on a cell phone. And I was fascinated how I felt myself. You know, as you can tell, perhaps I've already had a bit of a struggling week, a week anyway. But I felt myself even getting smaller, or you know, even getting more. And then after I kind of noticed that, then I found myself kind of being, it became funny. And I kind of enjoyed it, you know. And actually one woman, when she got off the phone, I said, you just sound like it, it is everything that could go wrong is going wrong. And she was just like, that's all she needed. It is. And then she was off. You know, she had like, you know, 
five minutes of explaining to me, you know, why everything that could go wrong is going, and it is not her fault. And um, and so I'm I'm always curious how those, you know, remind me of my choices because, you know, ultimately my belief pattern is everything that happens to me is coming from something that I planted. So it is my fault. Ouch! But anyway, go ahead. More about you, Tracy. That's charged. <laughs> More about you. Well, I think that is true because a lot of times, um, actually, um, a unity minister, Reverend Ellen Devonport, uh, just posted a um, an update uh, for Lent. She gave up seeking approval from others. Mm. Oh, that's a cool Lent thing to give up. And so she oh, so posted to her blog that, of course, she might not have given that enough thought before she chose <laughs> that. Because once she, you know, set claim to, I'm going to stop, I'm not going to seek the approval of others, then all kinds of situations came up where. People either, you know, judged her in a negative way, so she got to see what does she normally do, how would she normally react, and then catch herself and go, wait, I'm not going to make this decision based on making them happy or getting them to approve of me. I'm going to make this decision based on what is the spiritually grounded thing to do or what is the mature thing to do or what is the adult thing to do instead of just doing something that will make them happy. Mm. Or, um, you know, it's like, and so in one way, someone might say, I didn't ask for all this crap to come into my life. But what she realized and what she wrote about was, well, of course, I asked for this mm-hmm. because if my if I'm giving it up for Lent, then it has to come at me enough for me to say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. No, I won't do that anymore. No, I may I have to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to come up so I can practice responding in a different way. And a lot of times we think we say what we don't want, and so it just goes away. But really, the circumstances come to us in a way that really give us the opportunity to model, demonstrate, and choose. No, I really don't want that. No, I'm choosing something different. Right. For her to, that's really interesting. That's, I think that's like a Ph.D. level of, of you know, well, creating. And we do that all the time, right? We say we want to be, uh, we do our affirmations. I am going to be a million. I am a millionaire. I am friends with money. I attract money. And then we think it's not working because we don't get a check for, you know, $10,000, and so it must not be working. Well, the reality is if I'm friends with money, then however much I have, if it's $5, I'm happy for it. I'm I'm loving it. So I'm having the opportunity to demonstrate I am friends with money, but I'm still in the old mindset, so all I see is I don't have any money. You know, so I'm not really modeling what my affirmation is, so I can't get more money, you know. Um, And so that that happens, that I think operates so much that we say, oh, I didn't choose to be broke, or I didn't choose to have friends who um, are rude to me or who really don't seem to care about me. I want and I choose you know, friends who are caring and loving and spiritually mature. But am I that kind of friend? You know, am I living at that vibration? Well, no. So the universe is going to send me what I do, not what I say, what I feel comfortable with, which is my bitching and moaning and complaining. So why would I attract friends who do something different than bitch and moan and complain? You know, her uh, intention to, you know, not seek the approval of others probably just in many ways um, put light on to what was already happening. Yes. She might have already had most of those experiences occurring. She was operating on automatic pilot and not really, you know, seeing the opportunity and making the shift in her reaction which then, I would imagine, as we would believe in the creative process, as she shifts in her reaction and says, 
on every level, feeling, belief, and thought, you know, I'm really set with my own value and I have my own sense of well-being and I, I'm not dependent on whether or not you affirm what I'm wearing or what I, you know, I'm doing today, so I'm good. And then the universe says, oh, you don't need that anymore. So then that stops happening. Those experiences stop presenting themselves. It is an interesting, you know, when things happen in threes, it's like if one person tells you you're drunk, probably, you know, they're just being mean or, you know, cruel. Two people tell you you're drunk, you should, you know, maybe brush your teeth or something. And if three people tell you you're drunk, you should lay down, that kind of metaphor. In the span of four days, I got from three different people, somebody at my church, somebody, an ex-partner, and a, a woman that volunteers at the jail, three different parts of my life, I got this TED, I don't even know what they are, TED video, video on this woman, Brianne Brun, B-R-U-N-N-E, on uh, the uh, the importance of how people feel whole. She's a, um, she's a psychologist that does um, research, and she did all this research on how people feel whole. And uh, as I understood it after I finally listened to it, it was this idea of embracing our vulnerability mm-hmm. or embracing our, um, you know, going towards things that scare us or are uncomfortable. And if we can't really fully embrace um, that which we fear, then we can't really fully embrace that which we find joy in or that which we... And that people that um, really were happy, joyous, and free were those people that, you know really accepted their own goodness, really believed in their own value. And her premise, as I understood it, was that they had to accept their vulnerability to fully accept themselves. And I thought that was really interesting. And there's something there's something kind of vulnerable about the beginning of spring, you know, the the green leaves are kind of a pale green. There's something to the little tiny sprouts of things coming up. I can remember when I used to do a garden, I would always, you know, have to build like 20-foot fences so, you know, the cats wouldn't, you know, step on little tiny sprigs of things. You know, I would feel the need to protect them. You know, there's a certain amount of vulnerability. (laughs) And when flowers, when the buds come up, Mm -hmm. you know, we do. People who garden, Uh they talk to that bud the way they talk to a (laughs) newborn baby. from something, 
being scared to share something, being worried that I'm going to be found out, being nervous that I'm the only one, being concerned that if they only knew, you know, that I'm, I'm expending all this energy on avoid, avoid, avoid. And so, therefore, I'm just getting more things in my life that I have to protect myself from being found out about. Oh, that's a lot of uh, energy. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. And the more we open up, share our truth, share the truth of who we are, the more we understand we're all the same. In our uniqueness, we're all the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But at a very core level, we are all the same. Mm-hmm. And this spring, you know, is a reminder that everything kind of happens in its own time. I like the idea of being a garden. And I really think I had I had one time frame, I had one seed. I feel much more flowerful, much more bountiful now that I think I have 40, 60, 70 seeds. Or more. Or more. So two or three can wilt and die, and I don't have to, you know, grieve too hardly. There's others planting. Others coming about. Others in their perfect season. <laughs> in, in spirit saying yes to me. You know, um, um, Somebody was telling me this morning about somebody that went on a 10-day outdoor silent retreat. Yeah, this is kind of the season for that kind of thing, where people go off and do outdoor respites and retreats and, you know, realign with nature in terms of realigning with their spiritual program. So that's a spiritual practice of going outside and just sitting outside. Unless, of course, you're in Maine. My spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, lives in Maine, and they still have four feet of snow. I just can't bear to even think of that. But uh, for those people in the varying parts of the country that are experiencing an early spring, now's the time to get out and experience spirit in spring. Yep, I started walking outdoors again last week. Oh, good for you! And uh, and without much thought, it was because of the shift of the seasons. I'm sure of it. That my body was just like, it's nice. We can walk outside. Come on, let's go. <laughs> And next thing I knew, I was walking outside. It wasn't a plan. Oh, that's awesome. You know, in three days in a row. It's like, wow. Is it time to walk? It was like from the inside out. My body was like, is it time to walk outside? Come on, let's go, let's go. It was that, like, yeah, that spring. That's very healthy. So um, we're winding down on time, but and maybe we've already done this, but maybe a good way to close would be connecting this, Spring, the season of spring to our spiritual development, this change of seasons. The rebirth, the recommitment. Mm, rebirth, recommitment. Yeah. It applies in nature and it applies in our own spiritual growth as well. Mm-hmm. And, to, and, to, and to be amazed at our own inner guidance system that we all have when we just stop and listen and pay attention. We will be amazed at what springs forth within us that's waiting to be noticed. Yes, I love it. I love it. So um, it is spring and we are happy for it. And whether you celebrate uh, whatever you celebrate. (laughs) Whatever made up holiday. (laughs) Whatever you celebrate in this changing of the seasons, um, do that while you also say yes to feel. Next week we will be talking about service, the spiritual aspect of service. Another S word. Another S word. And um, please join us for that. (laughs) Tracy Brown will be out of town. We will have two guest hosts. Is that confirmed? That is confirmed. Sherry Wood and Christine Bokmer. There we go. Two practitioners at the Center for Spiritual Living. And, uh, oh, that would be good. So service will be a great topic because all three of you are great examples of of saying yes to spirit by giving service. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to listen to the recording. We uh, meet again. Say Say yes to spirit.
don't mean to be so uptight But my heart's been hurt a couple times By a couple guys that didn't treat me right I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie Alexa, play Meant to Be Okay If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.